love riding my bike. I love running. I don't care what they think about it. I love it. At that point, when I knew I was going to win, chills just went up and down my entire body. I don't believe there are any good or bad foods. Food is food. I still feel so passionate about getting that record that I'm like, I'm just going to do it. As an athlete, I was like, what's my story or what's your story? What can you learn from it? And what can you teach people? Welcome to the Iron Women podcast. I'm Haley Chura. I'm recording in person in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, one day after Iron Man Coeur d'Alene. And my special co-host for this episode, um, Alyssa, is is at home. She's not here on site, but I have a special co-host. Sharon, can you tell us who you are so all of our listeners uh, know why you're here and why you're joining me? Uh, my name's Sharon McNary. I'm a broadcaster in Los Angeles and a longtime marathon runner, longtime triathlete. I've done 161 marathons now, and yesterday was my 14th full Ironman. And I've also been a longtime fan of the Iron Woman podcast, and because you and I met. Yeah, at California International Marathon. At a burger joint when you and Alyssa were both going for Olympic uh, trials qualifiers. Yeah, I think it was actually Ruth Brennan Mori and I oh, were getting it? beers. I thought I was like a burger joint. I was at a burger joint. I feel like I was at a bar, but <laughs> maybe it was a burger joint. I'm like, I was so tame. Um, but yeah, Ruth Brennan Mori, who's been a lot, she was a professional triathlete, um, longtime uh fan of the podcast, friend on the podcast, but she and I ran and then we were, we were sitting at this uh, restaurant, I guess. And I think you recognize my voice. I recognized <laughs> your voice. And I said, are you on the podcast? I'm big fan, you know, and congratulations on your race. It was yeah. great. Well, it's great. We got to uh, have you on the show and I got to meet you again in person. And you did race yesterday, 14th full Ironman. Um, I first, I want to hear about, I want to hear about your day. We're, we're like, Actually, you were giving a little background on how you got here to Coeur d'Alene. You drove from California. So let's talk about why Coeur d'Alene. Why Coeur d'Alene and, and talk about your interesting trip here. Okay. Um, this is my fifth time doing Coeur d'Alene. I did my first one in 2008. And then I've done like two of the really hot years where it was 118 coming off the pavement. Uh-huh. And I guess two fairly normal temperature years and... Uh, 2008, the first one was kind of a cold. In fact, it was so cold in 2008, they put a hot tub in between the men's and women's change tents. Oh, wow. And I actually got in. It was so gross, but it was so warming. Uh, they called it athlete soup. Wait, when did you get in at between the swim and the bike or between? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you come out of the swim, you're freezing cold, you jump in this horrible hot tub. Whoa. No yeah. one ever talks about the super cold years. Everyone talks about the super hot years. Wow. It was, it was, it was really cold in that water although I've never been th the reason I keep coming back to Coeur d'Alene is I've never been uncomfortable on the swim okay and I try and choose my triathlons by the swim uh -huh. with the exception of Arizona where the swim is always cold gross <laughs> yeah well okay I won't say that it was, yeah. it, it was cold last year Anyway, so but but we're here to talk about your your race. Well, as we well. will we'll get to my race. Okay. Yeah, we will get to my race. But I I feel like we should start with um, you drove from California. You were telling me that you yeah. you actually <laughs> stopped in Utah and somehow with <laughs> multiple people and multiple bikes slept in the car. Yeah. Okay. So um, my coach Daryl and I were very good friends. I'm his client. He's my coach. That's as far as it goes. He's married to his high school sweetheart. But we drove from Pasadena to 
Utah, and then we had three bikes in the car and all our luggage and icebox because we'll bring food because we, you know, like our food from home. Um, and, yeah, we just throw the seats down and slept for about four hours at a rest stop in Only Utah. Only four hours? Yeah, well, you know, we wanted to get it done. Oh, man, you're way better than me. Um, but And so you made it here, beautiful Coeur d'Alene. The weather was actually quite pleasant this year. And... Um, like, tell me about your goals going into this race. I do think one of your goals was a Kona slot. Is that right? Yes. One of my goals was a Kona slot. I got to do Kona in 2011. I got in on the lottery. Okay. Back when they had a lottery. And I did that with a recently broken arm. So I actually oh. raced with a brace on my arm. So I kind of swam in a circle because my arm wasn't really, I could barely hold a coffee cup because the cast had come off just days oh. earlier. And so I had a brace for my arm that was like 120 degrees for arrow. And then I'd oh. unscrew it and turn it at right angles so I could run with it. And it was my it was my third full Ironman and my remained my fastest race for a long, long wow. time. Wow. Your fastest race was Kona <laughs> with a broken arm. Yeah. Oh. Who, who PRs at Kona, right? <laughs> no. um, that's wild. And so you wanted to go back. Why I wanted this year? to, I wanted to actually earn my way back. Okay. And so the year when Ironman is giving out like more slots at Coeur d'Alene than almost anywhere else, there were, there are 115 Kona slots for women in this race and only 403 women. Mm -hmm. And so um, with six starters in the 65 to 69 category. I just turned 65. And Medicare is the best, man. <laughs> Bottom of your age group, health insurance, you're like on, on cloud nine. Exactly. So um, with six starters, there were going to be two slots. Okay. And I came in fourth, but I know one of my teammates was in my age group. She started but did not finish. Another one does not want to go to Kona. Okay. And I ran into another woman in my age group waiting for the swim who said she didn't want to go. Okay. And I said, look, no pressure if you change your mind, but I really do want to go. So um, with four slots, I came in fourth. Two people are going to roll down. I might very well get a slot this morning. Okay. So, yeah, we are recording this before the roll down. Yes, before the roll down. So, but we will be at the roll down. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bring my recorder and you'll, you'll hear me say crazy things. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Um, but let's go back to, like, your race day. Oh, tell me about the day. Was the swim everything you remembered? It was pretty pleasant temperature this yeah, year. Yeah, the swim was super pleasant. I think it was about 66 in the water. Uh -huh. And... Um, no, uneventful swim. I actually had a better, uh, the only better swim I've had in an Ironman was at Lake Placid where you're just following the cable underwater. Uh -huh. So it was pretty good. Um, it's, it's, the water is so clean. You can see quite a long ways underwater. Um, there's usually a little bit of a current going out and then some chop going across mm -hmm. the U and then it's nice and smooth coming back in. It's a two-loop swim. I, it was a good swim, 129, and then I decided I was not going to go into the changing tent. Okay. Beware of the chair, right? Ah. So <laughs> I, 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 you know, I've actually peed my chair in the transition. Oh, no. I refuse to pee my bike, but I have, ch I have peed my chair. Oh, no. <laughs> I always clean it up. Um, so I ran past the transition tent, changed at my bike, 
no jacket, just, you know, race kit, uh-huh. uh, jersey and tri shorts. And the bike was a little bit warm. I'm really brutal about keeping myself cool after those two hot years. I know that this, the heat can really sneak up on you. Uh-huh. Um, so my bike was just under eight hours. Okay. Another eight-minute transition. And then the run, I think I got a little bit of hyponatremia, oh you know, where your, your stomach's bloated and it kind of hurts when you poke some fingers in. Okay. Do you think you drank too much water? Couldn't pee. I think it was the Red Bull. Okay. Excuse me, Iron Man sponsor. <laughs> Sorry. I like Red Bull when I'm in an Iron Man because it tastes like carbonated apple juice. Yeah. Um, it is. I, I like Red Bull, too, although sometimes it is like if you accidentally spill it on yourself and you have any chafing, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, what is this made of? <laughs> yeah. So I started out a little too aggressively. I was running three and walking uh, 45 seconds. Okay. And my heart rate just kept spiking way too high. Okay. And so after the first loop, I just changed my run walk to two minutes running and one minute walk. Okay. And I managed to get a little bit more consistent uh, miles. Okay. Um, and then, of course, my Garmin, you know, crapped out oh. <laughs> at about mile 21. So the walk breaks became very Because you're watching your watch. Yeah, I can actually change my run walk breaks uh, on the fly on the Garmin oh, wow. while it's recording. I mean, I know you don't so take walk beep, breaks. It beeps Yeah, at it'll you? beep when I'm at two minutes and beep when I get, you know. It, yeah, it's got a specific run-walk setting. Okay. And I've done fantastic. 161 marathons, almost all of them with run-walk. Uh-huh. The only marathons I've run completely through was uh, California International Marathon, and then months later when I actually did qualify for Boston, um, Okay. you know, at, at Mounts Beach. But, you know, it's 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 good for your heart to take those walks, especially mm-hmm. when you're in the superannuated group of 65, 69 yeah. No, so. I mean, we talk to a lot of folks who are evangelists for the run-walk program, and I do think I have a lot of athletes who run-walk, and I think it's good to, like, put that out there that it is a very good tactic for Ironman. I had some walking. It wasn't scheduled. But oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so when you were doing the run, did you know what place you were in? I knew I was in third pl- I, I, Okay, on my bike, I actually stopped and asked the person who had the tracker up. Okay. Could you look on me your up? On your bike? Please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, was this person was, on the it, side it of the was, road? It was, it was, he was in the trees um, on that first turn before you get out on the, the hi- highway, the US 95. Okay. And he had his phone in his hand. Hey, could you just please look me up? Because <laughs> I had like zero information. I didn't uh-huh. know who was still in the race. Um, so, yeah, he looked me up. He said, you're in third. Okay. So I was in third all the way through about the first loop on the run. Okay. And then my housemate, Carrie, who's on my team, she passed me. Okay. Even though she was having, you know, terrible stomach issues. Um, But her run was a lot more consistent. I was just not, I was not feeling good for the first loop of the run. Um, but I kept yelling at you during the, did I you know hear I heard you. I was like, cause I think you said, I'll see you on Monday. Yes. And I was like, That's I think be. that was shared, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't think I could recognize like my face in the mirror at that point. <laughs> I was well, so you're so recognizable box. because of the green bike and the great pink and green kit. It's very on I brand. try. I try. Well, thank you. I'm glad to hear that. The, yeah, you could tell who I was, but, yeah. um, but yeah, I did hear. Thank you for the, for the yell. And, um, we are here on Monday. I can offer a few, uh, or I mean, okay, wait, before I get to me, um, how was the finish line? 
The finish line was pretty great. Um, I want to contrast it to 2021, which was a really hot day. I was finishing with only 20 minutes left on the clock. Oh, wow. And I was still processing the death of my husband in 2020. Oh, wow. And so you see people going through that kind of epiphany kind of thing where they're like done with the run and celebrating internally. I was just bawling my head off. Uh-huh. And so that was, it was very meaningful. I just took off my wedding ring for the, f- the first time. Oh. I'm getting a little teary here. Yeah. But, you know, it was like about six months after, you know, he died of a, a stroke. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, and so this would kind of like mark the beginning of my new life as, you know, a single woman, an athlete, and you know, going forward with life. Uh So I was just crying my head off. (laughs) So it was ugly crying going into the finish. Yeah. So you made it. I made it. 20 minutes. I mean, you made that. That was an incredibly hard year and you made it. And then last night, I obviously had a much better time. Uh, I think it was 15. I'd I'd have to look it up. It was on the, the, the dark side of 15 hours. And it was a very fun finish line. You know, Iron Man has added a lot of women announcers. Carissa yeah. was there. Yeah. Carissa Galloway mm-hmm. and Dave uh, LaTourette, mm-hmm. who's a longtime race director. And so Dave called me in and, you know, put your arms in the air. You know, the usual show crap that you do at the at the finish it's line. It's a magical place, though. It, it was. Is. They, they did a good job. It was. They did a really good job. And I liked how they're kind of like going back and forth. Uh-huh. Um, that's been, I, I got a tryout as a race announcer for Ironman at, uh, Indian Wells. Okay. Last year. So and you know how hard it is. It, it was have fun. Some respect for what they're doing. It was fun. Doing. We had a great time. Uh, they liked me enough to put me on the subs list. So oh, cool. I hope to make that a gig. Yeah. You know, now that I'm retired we'll... from full-time broadcasting. Okay. So, um, but it was really fun and my friends were there. They met me. They'd already taken my bike and my crap to the house. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sherpas. Best ever. (laughs) Those are good friends. Yeah, so it was it was really good, and I wasn't that disappointed to be fourth. I you know I knew I'd had a tough run, so uh huh. You know, and you still made it hours faster than twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so obviously your training going into this was good, and you knew you had a goal. And I'm I'm crossing my fingers for that roll down. I think (laughs) I'll be there. I'll be uh, hopefully cheering you on. Um, well, then we get to talk about your race. Yeah, my race. But, but let's set it up because um, <laughs> you were here for a specific purpose. Yeah, I really wanted to win <laughs> and um, and get a Kona slot. And that was those were uh, my goals going into this race, which was a little different because I think the last couple Ironmans I have done, I, I wasn't. Kona wasn't necessarily the goal. Um, I feel like I had a really, really fulfilling experience there in 2017 when I finished 18th and I just haven't really felt like I needed to go back. It's such a big trip. It's expensive. It's so hot and so miserable. <laughs> and, and, but you were there. You were at the St. George World Championships. Yes. I was volunteering there. I saw you there a bunch of times. Okay. And and it was so much fun watching you lead the swim. Oh, I did have a good swim in St. And you George. led on the bike like forever. <laughs> Not long enough. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, so I raced here in 2021 and surprised myself with a really good race. I was definitely having a hard time with the Ironman distance then. And I, I surprised myself. I finished fourth. I got the slot to what I thought was Kona ended up being St. George race in St. George. Um, had a really tough day in St. George after the swim. And so I, I raced Ironman Mont Tremblant last year, 
and shocked myself winning that. And, you know, even in that race, I was like, I don't know if I want to go to Kona. And, but then when they were doing the two days with men and women, I was like, oh, I kind of want to see what that's like. And um, I did take the slot, went to Kona, had my best finish ever, 13th. And so going into this year, once they announced that it was going to be the all women's Kona this uh -huh. October, I, I just love unique race experiences. And I do feel like Hawaii is a special place. And I do think having an all women's Kona is going to be an incredible experience. And so I really want to be there and I really wanted to be there. And that was a little different for me because I, I feel like I went into this race with a little bit different pressure and, um, and then, but I'm like, I hope that's okay. You know, that kind of thing. You don't want to like jinx yourself by wanting something too bad, I guess. But then I'm like, no, it's okay to want things. And and how many slots were on offer for the uh, women pros? There three. were three pro women's spots. Yes. And so, I mean, I felt like I had a good chance, but it's still an Ironman. You still have to race an Ironman. Yes. You know, it's <laughs> you just really like, do. <laughs> yeah. And that's why anyone who says anything about 115 women's slots, I'm like, it is not easy. I did that race yesterday. It was so hard. Racing an Ironman is so hard. And every single woman who gets one of those slots, I think completely deserves it if they want it because, wow, I always forget how hard Ironman is. And then I get a very like start like shocking <laughs> reminder when I do the actual race but so I went in with like some expectations and my training was really good and um I've raced really well here before I've won the half twice and so I just felt like okay like this is a good course for me fairly close to where I live in Bozeman and um the day started pretty well I had a good swim and I f was excited to come out with a little bit of a gap um I uh, got on the bike and I actually felt really good on the bike. I felt much better than 2021. And I think I rode almost 20 minutes faster than I did in 2021. Well, 2021 was blazing hot, even though they started the race. Did they start the race early? Yes, they started at 5 a.m. Yeah, I remember that. Here they started at 6. We got a little extra sleep, <laughs> which was kind of nice. Although it was nice being done early. But yeah, 5 a.m. start is hard because it's like 2 a.m. wake up. It's like a little rough. But yeah, 6 a.m. this time. <laughs> um, and... I mean, I could, like, at the turnarounds, I could see Jody and Mel, and they were pretty close, and they looked really good. Even though I was riding much faster, I was not putting time into them. But I was holding them off, which I was, like, kind of excited about that. And when you are, like, leading the race, they had the Ironman race coverage for this, so it was kind of cool to, uh, I mean, it was kind of cool to have, like, moto on you, but then it's also, like, very noisy. It's, like, that's, like, one of the things, like, people ask me about having the moto, and it's, like, Mostly it's just very noisy, but you know, it's just part of it because you're like, you want to showcase the sport. That's how we get sponsors. That's how we grow. The sport is like being able to, for, you know, average people at home to watch it. So I think, you know, I got some text messages. I think people were watching, which was really exciting, but my bike felt great. I, I haven't watched their coverage yet. I'll, I'll probably uh -huh. put it up on my phone for the trip home. Oh, wow. Um, That's well, cool. I'm not driving. <laughs> Daryl loves to drive, so I only get to drive about four hours when he, when we're doing the 18-hour trip. That's a great, great person to travel with. Anyone <laughs> wants to drive wants me to home. Do all the drive. <laughs> well, he can't relax if I'm driving, even though I am a very good driver. Well, I wanted to ask about... Um, you know, as you were, the moto signals that there's a race leader coming up behind, either a race leader or a referee. Yeah. <laughs> did you get a lot of cheers from people? I did. I mean, I like we mentioned that, you know, I heard you yell and then I did. And that's actually something I look forward to because in 2021, when I was having a hard time, 
The second lap I actually loved even more than the first because it's like a little bit more crowded. You have people out there and it's just like people are so kind and nice and they cheer for me. And that was really nice. It and gets really tight on this course in that no pass zone. Yes. Now, I think, did the pros have special rules where they don't expect you to slow down behind someone like me who's going 18 miles an hour down a, yeah, a I tight mean, curve? They tell us like to use, you know, keep safety in mind because it is, it is where, um, you know, sometimes it like it, there's certain parts where it's so, so narrow. And yeah. I think in 2021, I just ended up, you know, hitting the brakes, but also like hitting the brakes behind someone who's hitting the brakes is actually like really scary, too. Yeah. And so it's um, it was very much like use your discretion. I think when I was coming through the second time, I was behind a gentleman who was, you know, coasting more, which is a little bit. That's fine. You know, I just coasted behind him. But um, but it is. Yeah, it's a little tight. And I do think. um you know, they just tell us, like, with everything, passing people. Like, I would try to say, you know, passing or on your left, but it's hard. They can't hear it because the moto is noisy, too. And um, and for the most part, once people realize it, they'll move over, that kind of thing. But, um, but you know, we don't – we're not supposed to cross the center line, but it is – they don't want you to crash into an age group or to avoid crash hitting the center line. So it's – there's some judgment calls. There are some judgment calls, and – it's yeah, you're just doing the best you can w while racing and hopefully making the best decision and the safety of everyone. But I mean, this is a really safe course for the most part, but there are some screaming downhills where you're on the right hand side of the rumble strip mm -hmm. and there's not a lot of maneuvering room. And yeah, it was. <laughs> it was, was it tight for you? It was tight for me, but I. I managed to stay behind other people. Okay. It, it wasn't, I'm not racing the downhills if there's somebody like right in front of me in a no pass zone, but I'm not earning money, uh -huh. <laughs> you know, with my finish. <laughs> this is not my career. This is what I do for fun. So uh -huh. anyway, it was just interesting to see all, all of that. It was just so, you know, if you're not a good cyclist, if you spend your whole life on Zwift, uh -huh. this could have been a little hairy, but yeah. It, I mean, they're not technical downhills. Like, no. there's not a lot of turns. No. So I think that that makes it okay. But yes, that those sections are a little. I mean, you just have to be very aware. And um, I mean, it's a it is a challenging bike course. It has some big hills that you and go we up were, and down. And we were looking at your transitions. Um, I don't think people understand how fast the pros are going through T1 and T2. <laughs> I feel like I wasn't as fast as I wanted, but yes, it is. It's pretty fast and furious. I don't know what my actual transition time ended up being, but um, but yeah, you're just trying to minimize stoppage time. You know, like that's what I'm always thinking of. Like it's better to you know do stuff while moving, even if you're moving a little slower. Um, and so that is kind of the goal. Like so, in transition, you are kind of stopped. And, you know, so it is you want to try to get those shoes on as quick as possible and um, and get moving because then you can always like adjust things or, you know, figure things out while jogging, while running. But and, and so you were leading on the run. Do you remember how much of a gap you had starting the run? I think I heard I had two minutes. Oh, um, I know. <laughs> I know that yeah. was what I thought, too, because <laughs> um, I know Jody Robertson is such an incredible runner. And uh, so I was like, I don't think that's enough, <laughs> you know, but I was I was I went for it. You know, I was like, I'll just see maybe, you know, some days I'm a good runner, too. And I've had some 
good runs. And actually here in Coeur d'Alene is my run PR from 2021. I think I ran like a 305. And On that hot day? Yeah. Oh, my God. I don't know how I did that. <laughs> now I'm like, how did I do that? But um, so I kind of went out, you know, pretty like right uh, I was aiming for like right around three hour pace um on the and I was holding okay but I knew I was like I do not know if this is sustainable and um but and I'm that, like that's like a seven minute mile or so right yeah seven, just under 15? yeah just under seven oh, just minute. under seven okay uh-huh so I was trying to hit that and I was doing okay but it was definitely uncomfortable which you want that first lap to feel a little bit more comfortable than it was so I you know just and I was hot the first lap I was really hot and I was trying to pour a lot of water on my head and you know manage my core temp even though it wasn't as hot as 2021 it still was warm for me we've had a pretty mild spring in Bozeman and so even like 80 degrees was quite warm and I I think I made it through the first lap I was still leading and then somewhere and then the gap just like shrank very quickly because I think around eight mile eight to ten or something I really started like melting down, and I truly I think when I was around mile ten did not think I was going to finish the race. Um, I was just there was nothing like inherently wrong. My stomach was fine. I wasn't. I don't think I was necessarily nutrition bonking. I wasn't overly hot. Like a cloud cover had come in. I was just like, had this feeling of despair. I don't know. I think maybe it was mental, which is something I probably should work on. But I just didn't think I could make it. I was like, it wasn't that I was going to get past. It was just, I didn't think I could finish. And um, a lot of what kept me going was the cheers on the course from volunteers, from spectators, from friends, from my competitors, from uh, my good friend Aaron was here and she this is the first time she'd spectated an Ironman and she just did an incredible job out there like keeping me going because it is hard sometimes when you see someone you know and I'll be like you know I don't think I can do it and you know she was she's like yes you can you know just said all the right things and um and even when Jody passed me she was so kind Jody Robertson she was like you know, what do you need? She's like, do you need some salt? Which is like, who oh does that <laughs> when they're passing someone in an Ironman? I mean, she was very with it. Mostly I was very jealous. Sure, of like, Let me pull out this base salt thing and pass <laughs> it over to you. And, and, y and you can put your thumb where my thumb has been. And <laughs> but, or just like, but just like th how she was one of clarity, had this like clarity, but then also was encouraging me. Like, um, even as she's passing me, I just thought that was like, I thought that was really incredible. And I mean, kudos to her for her incredible race, but also just for being like a good human in the moment. Cause I was just like, I mean, I was, I was having a really hard time and, um, and it was cool to see her go by. And I, I mean, I figured I was just going to be going backwards and I, I was, and, um, I think Mel McQuaid got within one minute of me and I saw her, this was on the third lap and, you know, I'd get like moments where things were a little better. I was walking through a lot of aid stations, trying to cool myself off, trying to get in, you know, as much calories as I could, just like being like, maybe things will come around. And, um, and, you know, Aaron reminded me at one point I was like far, cause it's always at the like, far out part of the course. I was like, really wanted to stop. And, but she's like, it's going to take you longer to get like DNF than to just like run back or run, walk back. And, um, which is a good reminder because that is the truth. And, so I, you know, just kind of tried to keep myself moving and, uh, well, so 
it sounds like you prefer like the neighborhood parts of the course where people are out partying yes, to the for sure the far out on the lake parts of the course where yes I do prefer the neighborhood <laughs> like when they have like people out with sprinklers and you, hoses. you realize when you're on the far out part of the course. I saw you on the run. I think you guys were on your first loop uh-huh. when I was just starting the second loop of the bicycle. That's how much faster the pros are. Uh-huh. They've already finished 112 miles on the bike and about four or five miles on the run when I'm just starting mile 60 yeah. on the bike. I mean, I, I, I'm like only barely halfway there. It was cool, though, to have that because people were cheering for me on the – they were on their bikes. Oh, and yeah. they were cheering for me while I'm running. There's nothing else to do. You're uh, on your bike, and you're so, going to be out there for another four hours. It's so kind because I feel like you're taking that energy from your own race and, you know, and giving some of that to me. And I did remind myself of that. And actually, Alyssa Gadeski wrote in a um, a mailbag, and I've had this question a lot because I think on the th- on the third lap – I think the camera was really close to me going through one of the aid stations when I was walking and I like talked to myself and <laughs> that she was and she wanted to know like what did I say and I actually it's funny because I was talking to myself a lot during that whole race um and some of it was just like nonsense like throwing out some Taylor Swift lyrics I did have someone said like do it for Taylor Swift I had a lot of Taylor Swift references someone said do it for Cowboy which was my dog um, which made me smile even Cowboy doesn't care smiling on the inside he would have been very stressed out for me he would have been like stop lay in the grass let's just like lay here and cuddle and (laughs) cool off but um, never do anything hard ever again he's a dog of leisure but um, but I I don't remember exactly what I said. I think it was probably a couple expletives um, targeted at myself. And I think this was when I think I had a minute 20. Mel was a minute 20 behind me. I think I was about maybe five miles from the finish, if, I, if I'm thinking of the right aid station. And I did. I was just like, okay, you know, get it together. And get yourself home like get in and I was I mean I was a little bit angry at myself and I do go through a little like self-loathing during all of this time and um something clicked and I did come back around and I don't I I don't know exactly that's why I think maybe it was mental or else it was the coca-cola hit you know or something but um I just you know I I pulled myself together those last four or five miles and I think I was running like as fast as I was in the beginning toward the end, which is a bizarre, bizarre experience. I don't really know how it happened. I don't think I've ever had a situation like that where I had such a meltdown, like such a meltdown and came back. Um, I mean, I've had I, I've had some struggles with like mid marathon slowing, even in 2021 and in St. George, um, and then was able to get it back together. So something I, I well, got to talk to my coach about. And isn't your out. body kind of changing the fuel that it uses like around mile 18, 19, 20? Maybe I don't know. You're going I from glycogen to I don't know muscles storms. eating itself. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know the science behind <laughs> Maybe. it. Maybe and they were like, oh, there's so much more here to eat. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> let's have a chomp of the I, liver. That's why I go to the gym. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe that was something that happened. And I mean, it could just be legit physiological rather than just. You know, yeah, I like that answer better than just like I was like mentally weak and then got, you know, gave myself a expletive filled. Pep Every talk. time I do one of these races, I get in the water and say, I can't swim. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> Training for an Ironman. You don't know how to swim. Why are you doing this? 
And then I'll get out of the store and say, yeah, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> okay, so maybe this is, like, just something that happens. You know, maybe it is more common to, you know, for everyone to kind of go through. I mean, we talk about peaks and valleys of oh, races, for sure. endurance races quite a bit. And I do think that was part of it. But... Um, but this was a very low valley. <laughs> this wasn't just like slowing down. Like I really didn't think I was going to finish. And that was my thought process more than getting caught, um, or not going to Kona. I mean, if you would have asked me a mile 10, I would have been like, no, I will never, ever go to Kona. Um, <laughs> ever. I don't want to, <laughs> you know, no desire because I was just in a lot of, you know, just emotional pain, physical pain. And, um, but then it was weird to get myself back together and then, I was getting splits on the way back and I was putting more time into Mel and that was shocking. But also I was like, okay, here you go. Like go get second, you know, and I, which I'm shocked. I held on for second because it wasn't like, oh, you're going to get second or third or something like that. It was more like, you're not going to finish yeah. or you're going to finish. And, you know, like once I got on the third lap, I was, I was like, okay, I could walk this and I will still make it, you know, and it's out of respect for everyone cheering for me, out of respect for all the age groupers. Like, you know, you have nothing else to do today. Um, just, you know, finish what you started. And because I wasn't injured or sick, but I'm also tell myself that it's, it doesn't, that just makes it last longer <laughs> if you just walk. It doesn't actually isn't any less like painful. Um, and so especially not mentally and emotionally painful. So sometimes just running is the fastest way to make it stop. And I did, when I made the left-hand turn on Sherman, to come down to the finish line. I mean, I was really emotional. And that was actually scary because I was like, I'm going to start hyperventilating. Like on that last stretch, I was like, you're going to pass out. You know, like I was like, no, And then Mel's going to pass you and take yeah. your second place. Yeah, no, I mean, I had enough gap because I did. It was like, I'm going to have to crawl across to get my gonna third be a, place going down. <laughs> it wasn't going to be a sprint finish, but, um, but it was, I mean, I was worried I was going to pass out because I didn't have enough oxygen. I'm like, oh my God, get yourself together. But I threw out a lot of high fives and, um, you know, definitely lost it, like crying after the finish line, just because I, I couldn't believe I finished and it was a very hard fought finish. And I mean, maybe my pacing was a little not great cause I went for the win and, and you know, melted down and didn't make it, you it's know, a risk. you take a risk. Yeah. yeah. I took a risk and then it didn't quite pan out. And, but I'm really, really thankful I finished and really thankful. I held on to second and, I mean, I've had some time to reflect and talk to people and I do intend to take the Kona slot um, and, you know, really enjoy being at that all women's Kona, which I think will be an incredible time. And, you know, there's some time to recover and um, build back up to that <laughs> and do some like heat training and maybe figure out, you know, what what was going on on the run. And, and we hopefully didn't have, have much a of a chance for day. heat training. It's been cold in L.A., yeah. Um, so I mean, there's like you zero warm even in the zero 80s. acclimation. I mean, in the hot years, I actually got on the podium one of the really hot years. Uh -huh. I think it was 2017 here. Uh -huh. I was like super hot, but you know, it'd been hot in LA too, and I was able to do my runs in the afternoon and you know get uh -huh. all the heat baked into my brain. Um, you know, I, I like to say that you know all the all the tender little butterflies go up in flames and the big, you know caterpillar just goes galumping uh. into the <laughs> would you if you get a Kona slot will you do any heat training absolutely before Hawaii? absolutely you'll go somewhere you'll do sauna training because um, LA doesn't get super hot I live hot. in LA no it gets hot it gets hot at okay. San Fernando Valley I just or at the like San Gabriel Valley uh, okay we, we ride GMR you know uh -huh. have you ever been 
Um, I haven't really rid. I've spent some time in LA, but not really riding oh, around there. I hear come, it's beautiful. Come, come and ride. You can stay at my house. Perfect. Meet my dog. We'll ride up GMR. You'll see all the epic climbs that we have. We do Malibu, uh -huh. the mountains in Malibu. Um, okay. There's a lot of mountains to train on, and it gets really hot up in the mountains oh, in the okay. summer. So I'll have plenty of heat. I and it and it gets hotter later like in the summer. Seventy and sunny all the time, but no, no. <laughs> September is hot. October is hot. Okay. June is they call it June gloom. Okay. Yeah, we had May gray, then June gloom. Yeah. So it should get hot July, August, September. So, so you'll be ready for Hawaii. I'll though. be ready for Hawaii. Yeah. Got a lady wants to rent me her house for three weeks and three weeks. Dang, that's awesome. Yeah. So well, you're like you're gonna okay. We gotta I, get I, this. I might be looking for roommates. So <laughs> nice. Well, um, okay. I wanted to. Our podcast editor Lydia Russell is actually here in Coeur d'Alene, and um, this was Lydia's first time experiencing uh, like uh, Ironman, right? Because yeah. you you typically race ITU. Maybe tell us a little bit about you since you're mostly behind the scenes. Um, yeah, so I'm Lydia. I do short course triathlon, so sprint and Olympic distance. Um, this is only my second season even doing that, so I'm very new to triathlon in general. Um, and yeah, this is my first time spectating spectating an Ironman. So and you are going to be joining the Arizona Wildcats. Wildcats? Bearcats? Wait, what are they? I think it's both. Oh, it both. really confuses me. <laughs> like, I love mascots, but I was like, wait. No, I don't it's know. like sometimes the wild cats and sometimes the bear cats, and it really, it, I, I don't understand. I don't even know what a bear cat is. But so. the NCAA, the brand new women's NCAA yeah. team yeah. this fall, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so mostly short and, short and furi furious racing. Yeah. And so, what did you think about the Ironman? Um, I mean, I thought it was really cool. I definitely. I think I've thought from the beginning of doing triathlon, like I definitely want to take the step up to long course eventually, but I do want to play out the short course scene, try and make it to the Olympics, hopefully. LA then 2028? You uh, can sh yeah. stay at Sharon's oh, house. True. Perfect. <laughs> With their dog. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so I'm just inviting everyone. <laughs> but um, okay, so, but I mean, what did you think about like just watching the race yesterday and and you were here to cheer for someone but you got to see everyone I mean was it was it different than what you expected um I mean I don't think it was different than what I necessarily expected but it was like it was super amazing and I mean it definitely made me want to be out there it's kind of hard standing on the sidelines being like oh I just wish I could be out there which is kind of a little bit of a crazy thing to be saying like oh yeah I'm standing here like enjoying myself eating food like going out for drinks whatever and like but I wish I was out there like really suffering for eight hours even yeah. watching people suffer and even watching um you know it being so long it's you still felt the appeal yeah I just I don't know maybe maybe this is what just in general why I like triathlon but I think there's something about the suffering and like especially when it's like this where it's all the age groups out there which we don't get in ITU which I think right. is really special about Ironman that's everyone out there suffering there's just something so like so human about it that everybody's out there I just want to add one thing there are not that many athletes in the 18 to 24 age group <laughs> go so there's Kona slots if you're fast 18 to 24 just putting it out there to play yeah. Olympics, you have plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time. I have some stuff to do first. <laughs> but it's good to hear hear that. Was there anything 
uh, like shocking that you saw or anything that was, I mean, sometimes I'm like, they don't put ages on people's calves anymore, but I've se- like, I've been in Hawaii. We're feeling really sorry for myself. And then you see someone with like an 80 on their calf. <laughs> and I'm just like, wow. I mean, wait, it was Mel, right? Who's she's like 50. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mel that's, McQuaid. that's crazy in and of itself to be doing so well in the sport at that age. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's super cool. I know, she got a Kona slot, yeah. which I think is her first Kona slot at age 50. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Yeah. Which also, I think to me in a way, I'm like, okay, I have time. Like I can do short course now and then I'll have all these years ahead of me. And like, I don't know. I think that's really cool for her to be out there showing what's possible and showing that like, just because women, they're go through menopause whatever all these changes as you get older like you can still go and succeed I'm like okay I'll do that I'll go race short course have like three decades I know <laughs> so much time I can do so many things I know that is cool so that is the inspiration that comes from it but um well thank you so much for the cheers and I also thank you for all the work you do with the podcast because yeah. we do appreciate you and it's fun to get to hang out in person because we don't get to yeah. do this very often yeah it's really fun it's fun to step onto the other side of the behind the scenes I know we'll have to do like a full show on with you sometime after one of your actually maybe after your collegiate season or something and yeah we'll get the whole rundown on yeah. how that goes yeah that would be awesome but thank you again and good luck and Sharon I guess uh what you know I guess we'll go ahead and roll down yep. and see what happens there and then we'll figure out what's next for you is that the if, plan if they call my name on the roll down you know how they always want people to shout out yes or no if they're going it's going to be like, yes, please. Thank you. And it's going to be really loud. <laughs> good. Good. Well, I hope we're there. I hope we get to experience that. And um, thank you for being my co-host. Oh, you're very today. welcome. The minute I heard you guys on the podcast saying, hmm, we need a co-host for Coeur d'Alene. I was out walking my dog and I literally wrote the note on my phone. Ah, perfect. <laughs> no, it was great. I was super excited because... You know, I didn't want to wait a whole week to talk about my race when Alyssa was initially going to be racing this week. And this has worked out really well. And it's good. I got to meet you in person again and um, share our race stories. And, you know, there have been a few women who came up to me after the finish, I think, who said, uh, you know, they listen to the podcast and they love it. And it's always so, so special. That's one of the things I love about coming to races is kind of getting to meet some of our audience in person. Because when you're making a podcast, there are times where you're like, is anyone listening? I'm like, <laughs> oh, the whole feisty media thing. I got to meet Sarah Gross in Hawaii when I was working the Ironman press room, and she gave me a hat, and I was very oh, thrilled nice. by that, and walked her over to credentials, and I told her how much I appreciate the celebration of women in tri, women in athletics. Yeah, um, you know, it's just it's so easy just to forget that we're out here, mm-hmm. um, and now that we've got our own race in Kona. It will be hard to forget. It'll be hard to forget. But not only that, you know, women used to be 25% of the peer at Kona, and now we're going to be 100%. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot more chances for a lot more women mm-hmm. to get to go to world championships in Nice, in Kona. Um, I just think it's going to be great for the sport. And I'm, that's what I'm most looking forward to is having a better chance to qualify because our numbers will – 
you know, will be up. Yeah, I know. It, it should be a good time. I know Feisty is going to be heavily involved. And, um, you know, hopefully we're all there. Lydia, you're going to just like, do you think Sarah's going to, oh, you're going to be in school. We can't pull you out of school to go. I wanted to do the feisty week if I didn't get a slot. Oh, oh, the feisty truncation. Oh, my God. That looked like so much fun. I know. Everybody I know. volunteering together at a, wa at, a, at a water stop. Oh, that will be fun. <laughs> I know, Lydia. We'll see what, we'll see what your school schedule. October 14th is Hawaii, is Ironman. You're done with school? Oh, done with with uh, with racing. racing. Okay, <laughs> she'll blow off school. We will just um, we'll just I'll write a note for your professors. Oh no way! Okay, her, she says her classes are online, so maybe we will get Lydia Tacona um to experience that. I think yeah, like you said, there's a lot of good takeaways that you can take into your ITU racing. So and your NCAA racing after yeah after you go get that national championship for the Bearcat Wildcats. Oh, that's November. The nationals are in November. <laughs> you're not. Your coach isn't letting you go, Kona. But anyway, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, you know, we'll be back next week with Alyssa, more regular programming. But thank you, Sharon, for this uh, wonderful special episode. Absolutely. Thanks for showing up here. It was fun to have you. Huge thank you to Sharon and Lydia for joining me on the show this week. Super fun to record in person. I did go to the Kona slot roll down and super happy to report that Sharon did get a Kona slot. And I also accepted my Kona slot so we can expect there to be a great party in Hawaii this October. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any other mailbag questions, you can write into ironwomanpodcast at gmail.com. And Alyssa should be back next week and we'll get to those questions as soon as we can. You've been listening to the Iron Woman Podcast hosted by Haley Chura and Alyssa Gadeski. Iron Women is a production of Feisty Media and is edited by Lydia Russell and produced by Ellen Natitian. Head to livefeisty.com to find more podcasts, stories, and fresh perspectives. Thanks for listening.